is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Simzak. All right, what you've got right there is brand new music from Azriel's Bane. Yeah, you remember Azriel's Bane from a couple of weeks ago? Yes, they're one of the great bands on the roster over at High Volume Music, our sponsor right here on the Decibel Geek Podcast. And this is a tune called Brother. you got to check it out. It's from their new album, Modern Day Babylon. It's good stuff. You want more information on it, you can always check out today's show notes or head on over to highvolmusic.com. That's H-I-G-H-V-O-L-Music.com. Of course, check them out on Facebook. Facebook too, and when you like them, let them know you heard about their artists right here on the Decibel Geek Podcast, and welcome to it. I'm Aaron Camaro. Right there's the man, Chris Sinzak. We're all waiting for answers, man. <laughs> oh man, it's it. This um, is a crazy situation. Yeah. So you saw the artwork and the title of the episode should have been a single part two. Right. I know it's not what a lot of you were hoping for. Well, except for the guy that left us three star review last week, he, he was hoping. So we went back <laughs> like went down to one. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we got this at least fifty episodes back. It seems like so we're we're digging deep for you. Let me preface this by I should have probably kept my big mouth shut on saying anything on social media about this because yeah. Um, be careful what you wish for with uh, people that you always wanted to talk to. Um, I can't get into a lot of detail on this, but I promised an update. Um, there's an incredibly you know, special guest that initially had agreed to co- finally come on the show and clear up a whole lot of things that have been said about him over the years. And uh, it's it's been a surreal experience, and I can't go into... I'm not going to name names or anything like that because that's also part of... So we can't we can't say? We can't say. if Well, if we want to have a shot at it still happening. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you what I can tell you guys. It's, it's a special interview that we're looking forward to, but it seemed like every, every time things started getting... Like the ball was getting rolling forward on getting this done and getting it done the right way, um, a stumbling block would get thrown in our way or another demand or, uh, you know, all this different stuff to try to kind of, I don't know, shoehorn us into a certain corner on how we were going to go about doing it. But that's not how we do it. But I don't want to, There, what's the point unless we're going to do this the way we want to do it? So, um, so there's been a lot of talk back and forth about coming to agreement on how it's going to go. So, you get this episode at least for this week, but it's going to be a good one though. But it is going to be a good one, but there good. There could be a call in the next day, two days, three days or whatever that where we, where everything's ironed out and we can do this the way we wanted to do it. So how about if we do this? Like, let's say, let's say it all does come together and we get that phone call tomorrow night. Can we put up an episode like as soon as it happens? Sure. I mean, you might... we have server space. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, then, and as, I don't... as soon as it happens, yeah. it'll be up the next. And day. I'm not looking to go fancy with editing or anything. Like if it, if this happens, like we hope it'll happen, it's going to go up pretty much right away because we can't wait to share it with you. So right. But um, in the meantime, we're still the Decibel yeah, Geek Podcast, we and, we'll... and we're not going to leave you a week without an episode. Well, you didn't want a five minute episode of me telling you that I'm Sad fucking frustrated and, and nervous. So. Um, oh, I'm man. nervous about all of it, but anyway, but we have an episode to do anyway, so let's, I, let's give I you still, some music. I still if got If you hopes. haven't cut it off by now from being angry at us, I got hopes, man. I, I do still too. Got hopes. So, um, I guess the best way to just go ahead and get things started is the way we always do. You know, we got some bad news, but we got some good news too. Yeah. We got an iTunes review. Oh yeah, it's five stars, and it says the tradition continues. That's a great title right there. 
hey, this is Aaron Baker here. Hey, we know him. Yeah. A constant geek of the week. He says, I got a few awesome words to say about this amazing podcast. And it goes like this. My Thursday tradition continues with this installment of the Decibel Geek Podcast. And let me tell you what a podcast this is. I may have plenty of podcasts to listen to throughout the week, but I always start off with the Decibel Geek Podcast, and it gets my day going from there. Aaron and Chris put their hearts and souls into every episode, and it shows every week. They thank the fans for supporting them through the years. May there be many more years of the Decibel Geek Podcast. Thank you guys for giving us hard rock and heavy metal fans such a great podcast and something we can use to prove hard rock and heavy metal isn't dead just yet nope. no way not even close appreciate that Aaron. that is an awesome five-star review, review right there that is excellent i love it it goes into detail tells people because people go to itunes and they look at these things you know mm-hmm. when they're trying to decide a podcast you know they they look up hard rock classic metal you know whatever they're looking up and maybe decibel geek comes up with a bunch of other ones because good god there's, there's thousands and thousands of podcasts out there of which we were just recently ranked number six. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew Booyah. Jacobs. If it hadn't been for you, I never would have even known it. Did you guys see that shit? Decibel Geek ranked number Unreal. six of all music podcasts in the entire world. It's our highest ranking ever. Couldn't so cool. It. So cool. And we couldn't do it without the support of people like Aaron Baker and, yeah. of course, our Geeks of the Week. That's right. Geeks of the Week. If uh, you want to be a Geek of the Week and you're new to the show, all you got to do is share on Facebook and retweet on Twitter. This week's should have been a single part two episode. And uh, that's how it works. And I'll read your name on the show. And this week's Geeks of the Week are Matt Ashcraft, John Phillips, Derek Laba, Lars Oyvind Heldon, Sam Richmond, Greg McGlone, Kevin Williams, Mike Stewart, Dennis Gamez, Joshua Toomey of the Talk To Me podcast, Todd Cunningham, Shane Abair, Brad Calmanson, Otto Erland Gregerson, Rich the Meister Dylan, Chris Karam, Colin Francis, Mark Alden Taylor, Rich Canamar, Cobras and Fire podcast, Brian Knapp, Joe Royland, Sit and Spin with Joe, Justin A6, Rock and Ron Runyon, Alex Ferrick, Trevor McDougal, Andrew Jacobs, Wayne Cross, Mikhail Burrell, uh, Kenneth Roy, Warren Money, Paul Stom, Susan Crafts, Joey Vancieri, Aaron Baker, David Glenn, Music Mags and Wax, Billy Hardcore Hoops, Collins, Uncle Doug W., The Mooger Fugger, Darren Hellowell, Ernesto Aguiar, Daryl Albert, and Alex Thorne. Those are our rock and roll brothers and sisters from all over the planet. They're supporting the Decibel Geek podcast. They're getting the word out to the people in the streets, man. Grassroots, baby. That's what it's all about. I thought you meant they're getting the word out to the homeless people. Whoever. There's a homeless if they have an metal iPod, fans. they can listen to. Give a homeless person an iPod and then show them how to download the Decibel Geek podcast and they could it turn everything around. Won't give them a job and it won't make them smell better, but they'll at least enjoy the music. There you go. <laughs> I like it. All right, man. I guess, you know, well, you want to just get to it? You yeah. want to just get right, right to the rock and roll? Well, we were suggested that we go back and look at some of our past episodes from the way, way back and see if there's... it was cooler back then. Right? It was cooler back then, so we decided we were going to do just that, and this is what we came up with. One that was very, very popular when we first did it, and it was our discussion entitled, Should Have Been a Single. Yep. In which we talked about albums by bands we love that perhaps we felt maybe picked the wrong single when yep, they released or their album. Could have picked an extra single. So that's how it goes. So I guess I'm going to start things off, and I'm going to start off with Van Halen's 2012 "A Different Kind of Truth." What are you talking about? The first single was a the perfect pick for that. Uh, never mind. I mean, I couldn't even make that sound. <laughs> it's an all-around great album, and it's an awesome comeback. It one is. of the greatest bands of all time, no doubt about that. I don't that. think "Tattoo's" a bad song. It's just it's not the wrong really a pick bad for the song, single. But you know, my only real issue with this album is that a lot of the songs, Dave sounds like he's singing Sammy 
era Van Halen songs to Do me. You think? Sometimes. It's like, this would be a great Sammy Hagar Van Halen song, but it's not quite right with Dave for some reason. Hmm. And I thought a perfect example of that was that song, Tattoo. And, you know, it was originally conceived in 77, yeah. but there's something about that Tattoo song. It does. sounds like it should have been Sammy Hagar or maybe even Gary Sharon singing it. And I it. thought You and Your Blues also sounded like a Sammy era song. Yeah. But the second single, She's the Woman... I think really better represents Van Halen as a whole better than Tattoo in a way that you want to remember Van Halen mm-hmm. for how great they were. I think She's the Woman's a great example of that and a good, you know, example of some of the other great songs on the album, you yeah. know, like Bullethead and and more some of the more rocking tunes, Chinatown. I as love if. that one. As is, yeah, you know, or as is. Or yeah, as is. Okay, I Not was right is. about something. Sweet. As if was from Clueless. So here you go. From 2012, <laughs> a different kind of truth. It's Van Halen with She's the Woman. singer diamond david lee roth you don't know that uh, you don't know that i don't know things ain't looking good to van halen land these days 
And everybody's hoping Sammy comes back, especially Ian from Rock and Metal Combat. Five. Oh yeah, I bet. Well, I can't wait to hear from him on that one. Uh, okay, so well, from- maybe he can do the uh, the band with Billy Sheehan and Greg Bissonette, Steve Vai. I'd pay for that. That I would love to see. If if that means Van Halen's over, but we get that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Van Halen, of course, huge act, has had a lot of big singles. Um, my first band is a is a well-known band, but definitely has not had a lot of hit singles, uh, unfortunately, and that's King's X. And I've been a fan of King's X, well, since the late 80s. And, yeah, um, great band. They've released a ton of great albums, but, you know, sometimes some I question what their choice in single is. I mean, shoot, you even had Jerry Gaskill on the show. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Even, even though I said I wasn't a huge fan, you gave me shit for it. Overnight. I'm still what, a fan. Hey, hey, wait. What kind of fan are yeah. you? <laughs> now I'm a huge fan. Glad, All right. Glad but, we got that straight. Yeah. But in uh, 96, they released Ear Candy on Atlantic Records and only peaked at 105 on the Billboard chart. This song was an older song that was rewritten for the album, but uh, definitely would have made a great single for the album. And it's a song called Mississippi Moon.
could have heard that on the radio around its time. I think it would have fit nicely in with what was being played and probably would have so. probably would have charted pretty well, I think. I agree. You know, it's weird, you know, because around that time, there's I always looked at it there was four bands that should not have gone down the toilet with the rest of the glam scene when mm-hmm. grunge took over. King's X would be definitely one of those bands which they never were never really a part of that, but for some reason they went right down with it, you know. I guess cuz Doug it's had weird. crazy hair. I don't know. And then enough's enough because yeah. they had the crazy look even though they weren't nothing like any of those bands ugly kid joe they mm. came out at a later period you know and were something different a pretty boy floyd well oh, never mind. no pretty, pretty boy floyd doesn't make the list but blind melon does for me blind melon yeah. was another band that kind of went down with that but they weren't really a part of that and i always wonder if that was maybe because of the guns and roses association possibly with shannon hoon shannon that they got hadn't pulled gone in to that it. rooftop that night everything would have been okay yeah exactly <laughs> so in 1992 blind melon releases their self-titled debut and although i'm sure the band would probably disagree with me based on their royalty checks i would not have gone with no rain as the single well I, you can't argue with success though i mean it was well, a yeah. massive hit. i mean it went to number four on the u.s singles charts number one in canada it was a huge hit all over the world Spun on repeat on rock radio. The video was on constant, constant rotation on there. I still have that fucking video memorized, and I never will forget it. But she finally found her own people at the end, It's a good little story the first 3,000 times you see it. The B-Girl. Yeah, no kidding. They played it to death, man. She's actually kind of hot nowadays. Is she? Yeah, she grew up to be cute. So, you know, it's a very catchy single. It drove the debut album to number three on the U.S. album charts. But it's not really a great representation of what the rest of the album or even the band's all-around sound really is because they really had the ability to rock it out at times. If they really wanted to, man, they could. No problem. And maybe the reason why most casual fans couldn't wrap their minds around the awesomeness of 1995's Soup. Because you go from No Rain to Soup, it's kind of... Like, this ain't the Blind Melon I know. Well, you only know one song. Yeah. So maybe, just maybe, Blind Melon, for the longevity of it, should have went with a song like Paper Scratcher.
I would take that over no rain, sure. Yeah, I mean, geez, it's probably the first time many people have heard it, but how many times have you heard no rain? Do you ever hear why they, what the hell Blind Melon even means? I would guess it's like an old blues player name or something. Huh, Like yeah. Blind Melon Chitlin? Yeah, maybe. Blind Melon Chitlin. <laughs> <laughs> That's racist. Uh, Don't blame me, blame Cheech and Chong. Well, this one, uh, this is definitely an album that was a success, but and uh, had numerous singles that were the right choice yeah but this is one where i'd say if you could add a single to to the album oh good god yeah motley Crue released shout at the devil in september of 83 on electric records an iconic record it's awesome uh, produced All by tom Worman. you know Worman gets slagged unfairly by a lot of the bands he worked with including motley Crue. but i wouldn't change a thing about the production of this album no and later on in the show i've got an i'll pick with tom Worman oh, on production yeah um the singles were the title track looks at kill and too young to fall in love so Definitely the right choice on all three counts there. I mean, I just don't think they could have went wrong back then. They could have released anything off that album as a single, and I think it would have done pretty good. Yeah, definitely. Um, so all the singles are good choices, but I would have loved to have heard this ass kicker on the radio. It's a song called Red Hot.
blood pumping yet? Yeah, man, that's <laughs> that's right up there. That's got to be top three Motley Crue songs for me, maybe even number one. That's I up freaking there. love that song. Now, let me tell you um, somebody who didn't really love the this album, and that's Rolling Stone writer J.D. Considine. Okay. When this album came out, he uh, found their style of rock music formulaic, innocuous, and unoriginal in his review. What? He, I quote... The whole point of bands like Motley Crue is to provide cheap thrills to jaded teens, and that's where the album ultimately disappoints. I thought that would be a positive aspect of the album, personally. Well, I mean, this is Rolling Stone we're talking about. Yeah. Rolling Stone magazine, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about, and never really have. So, yeah, I mean, that's the, if Rolling Stone magazine hates it, then I probably like it. Right. So, in 1993, Guns N' Roses released The Spaghetti Incident. Mm-hmm. So, I know your favorite Guns N' Roses album. Yeah. I can take it or leave it. It's a covers album. It was produced by Mike Klink. It was originally intended to be a part of the Use Your Illusion with some more songs recorded with Izzy during those sessions. They were talking about making they need to make a triple album. They were talking about it, or even a quadruple album. This just shows where Axel's ego had gotten to. The, it, that was in the talks at one <laughs> time. So, so some of the songs that end up on that album were actually recorded during those sessions hmm. for a possible inclusion. It is Use Your Illusion 3 or 4, possibly. Use Your Delusion. So they just released the two albums, and then later on they're thinking about releasing it as an EP with songs recorded with Gilby Clark because Izzy Stradlin had split mid-tour, yeah. and Gilby came in and replaced them. So then now they got some songs with Izzy, some songs with Gilby. And so finally they decide they want to release the full album. So then Gilby goes back in and redoes the guitar parts that Izzy lays down, mm-hmm. and then that's what you end up with with the Spaghetti Incident. Now, the Spaghetti Incident, it didn't do bad. It debuted at number four on the U.S. album charts and sold almost 200,000 copies in its first week. But, I mean, that's not even close to what the Use Your Illusion albums had done. Yeah. That was only two years earlier than that. The singles released off it were Ain't It Fun, which is a great song, fantastic, but it's Duff McKagan singing. You know, mm-hmm. and as much as me as a hardcore Guns N' Roses fan love the songs that Duff McKagan sings lead on, mm-hmm. that's not really what they're known for. You know, so they needed something hard and heavy and solid that was going to remind people after two years who the fuck Guns N' Roses is. So, what do they release as a single? A cover of a 50s doo-wop group, The Skyliners. You know what I'm talking about. The song, Since I Don't Have You. Now, I remember the video. How freaking weird. I mean, yeah, they played the video a lot yeah, on MTV. MTV played it a lot. It looked like it was a lot of fun to make. Yeah. Make that video. There's a lot of good-looking women in it. Gary Oldman is the devil. God, so long ago. But damn, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah, talk like, about that. MTV Jesus. playing music yeah, videos. Yeah, but just to think back of how old I was when I was watching that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm really getting old. 1993, wow. man. I didn't even graduate yet. Uh, yeah, me neither. Wow. So, you know, what a shitty song. Yeah, it wasn't a good single choice at all. No, I mean, the video was the best part about it. Yeah, at least released the Charles Manson song. That might have been a step up. <laughs> Me personally, I'd have went with this one, and it's called Black Leather. Get up. 
Sports with Axl Rose. Bon Jovi can suck my dick. Hi, this is Mr. Brownstone, and when I'm not dancing with the members of Guns N' Roses, I'm listening to the Decibel Geek Podcast. Coming back from break, the band you're hearing is Radio Exile. They are one of our friends over there at High Volume Music, and they are a band that kicks a lot of ass. We want to keep reminding you guys about these bands that High Volume Music's got because they're awesome. This song is called Down in a Hole, and as mentioned before, all the info is available over at highvolumemusic.com and, of course, in today's show notes. Yep. So what we like to do at the middle part of the show the breakdown is something we love very very much and it's for us to tell you about amazon and how you can help the decibel geek podcast when you do your shopping through amazon and it's simple all you got to do is go to decibelgeek.com up on the top of the website you're going to find a banner that says amazon on it you click on it it takes you over to amazon now you're doing all your shopping you're buying all kinds of cool albums everything we've played today you should own at least one cd by these bands you know, maybe you disagree with us. Buy the album, listen to the whole thing, and tell us what you thought the single should be. Support the artist that the Decibel Geek yeah, podcast. But if you say supports. "Shout at the Devil sucks," I'm gonna have a problem. If any, I don't think anybody that listens to this show could say that. I hope not. I would hope not too. But the cool thing is, is, when you're doing your shopping on Amazon, you're buying all these awesome rock and roll albums or whatever. Anything. It, it doesn't have to just be rock stuff. It can be anything that you want to buy. It could be a car. It could be a house. It could be. Well, rock records. So anyway... Is this for the documentary? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, man. Do your shopping through Amazon, through Decibel Geek. Everything you buy, anything you buy, you don't pay a penny more for it, but you're helping us out. Because what Amazon does is they take a piece of their action and they kick it over to us. Nice Motley Crew callback. I knew you'd like that. (laughs) They do that because they love hard rock. They love heavy metal. They want to see more people listen to the show because they're they're basically investing in us. Mm -hmm. And so are you. Yes. So by doing that, you allow us to become better and then get more iTunes reviews. Mm -hmm. And then become number one yes because that's where we're going baby number six ain't bad but we're number one so part of the great thing they do with amazon is they'll send us this report of what you buy that's great they don't tell us your name or anything but they say what was bought so some of the more notable purchases from this past week on amazon um a front end kit which is ball joints tie rods and other auto stuff i have no idea about i uh a couple of mini hand fans weather's getting warmer outside yeah so our fans have fans (laughs) Uh, i like that (laughs) an hp laser jet monochrome printer that wasn't cheap thank you for buying that through our link right on and in music an mp3 judas priest defenders of the faith 30th anniversary edition and redeemer of souls was purchased heck yeah uh, for albums, the last Vegas album, Eat Me, was mm, bought. I'm going to be getting some of that. I love that band. I just heard a track from them on uh, Cobras and Fire and really enjoyed them a lot. Billy Squire, Enough is Enough. All right. The Treatment, Generation Me, that's a good newer band. That's cool. And this is one I haven't heard of, Lords of the New Church, Lo- Los Diablos, was purchased. You hmm. know who they are? No, I've not heard of that either. Maybe I should, maybe Fresh Blood episode, maybe? Soon. Yeah, we need to, yeah, that's one. That's one we got to go back and do, Fresh Blood. Definitely should do that. 
that. So uh, let's get back into music. You ready to rock and roll? Yeah. It's your turn. And I and that's a good way of putting it because I'm going to play a song that's more of a rock song than a thrash song because this band's known more for thrash, and that's Anthrax. July of 98, they put out Volume 8, The Threat Is Real on Ignition Records, and 99% of you don't know what Ignition Records is. Let's just put it this way. They were a tiny little record label that got a couple of big-name bands on their roster and then went into the toilet hmm. and did nothing to promote the bands. Yes, yeah, I'm pissed off for Anthrax because this album should have done way better than it did because it's an awesome album. It is. It really is. It got totally lost in the shuffle. Um, it was produced by Anthrax and Paul Crook. Paul Crook would also go on to play guitar in the band for a while and actually is now the touring guitar player for Meatloaf. Oh, wow. So, yeah, he's... Uh, Stayed busy over the years. Uh, this is more of a rock direction for the band, um, but this song is better than most of what was being released at the time, especially what was being played on radio. This song was written by Charlie Benante and Frank Bello, and this is Catharsis.
See, that's a great song. That's what if you if they play Anthrax on the radio back then, that's what you'd kind of expect to hear. Yeah. I would think. And, but that wasn't released as a single. The wow. songs they released as singles off this album are also bad. If the record, well, so and, and it's probably Ignition Records also that made that decision. Well, and then like you say, you know, if they were playing them on the radio, but I don't think they were. I have no memory of ever hearing anything from this record on the radio. No, so if me it was released either. as a single, it was purely symbolic that's a great tune though it sounds like it fit right in on white noise yeah you know i think that's good that should have been i love that song might have helped him all right you're right that's good all right i'm gonna go all the way back to 1976 and let's talk a little black sabbath because by 76 things were getting kind of weird and that's when they released technical ecstasy my favorite Sabbath album. Is it really? Yes. I don't understand it, man. It's To me, it's like Flash Sabbath. Flash Sabbath? Yeah, they're not gloomy and dark. That's and what heavy. I like about it's, it. <laughs> to me, it sounds more like if Ozzy joined Foghat. Yeah. No, nothing against Foghat. Foghat's awesome. But, jeez, man, it's not Sabbath. It's got the shitty tinny production, because Tony Iommi produced it, and I don't know what the hell he the was production. doing. The album was recorded in Miami. Yeah, Miami Sabbath on the beach. No, I mean if Sabbath's recording an album, they should be in fucking <laughs> How could you write, Castle Dracula well, in they, Transylvania. Maybe that's the issue. You can't you can't record doomy music when you're out on a beautiful Miami beach. Well, yeah, because then you got to add in the keyboards. Yeah, the questionable unsabbath-like lyrics. It also has one of the best Sabbath songs ever recorded, which is Bill Ward's "It's All Right." Eh, it's all right. In the face of the punk rock uprising that's going on around 76, <laughs> which basically they, they damn Sabbath as being has-beens and dinosaurs. What does the band do to reestablish <laughs> themselves as the godfathers of metal? They release this. They, they get, they, basically what they do is they get very, very, very high, <laughs> and they forget who the hell they are. The closest thing on this album that really comes to good, solid Black Sabbath to me mm. Even with the weird, creepy keyboards, is this one, and it's a tune called You Won't Change Me. 
Excellent song off yeah. of an excellent album. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, the musicianship on the album is freaking fantastic. I like when they stretch themselves. Just I just don't sound like Sabbath to me. Yeah. If I mean, if the early Sabbath is your Sabbath, then yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and cool album cover. If, the, you're, if you're yes. This pick of yours. Oh, it's a great album cover. <laughs> I love that artwork. Man, we're totally different on this one. I mean, one. there's some, don't get me wrong, there's some really great songs on this album, but they're just, to me, not Sabbath songs. I'm glad you pick, played something off of it, though, because yeah, it's Yeah, cool. I think but that's a good pick. Your pick of this actually forced me to change one of my picks. Oh, yeah? You were going to pick some Sabbath? Yeah, I was going to play Voodoo off of Mob Rules. Ah, yeah, that's a good one. Which would have been an awesome single. But um, that's okay, because it gets me a chance to play some stars. Okay, good. That works out. I've been all up about stars lately, uh, and actually, let me give some a shout out to JTB's Groovy Record Room. Uh, he he does uh, a video type podcast. It's audio, but it's on YouTube, and uh, he'll do some interviews with people. And he did one with Brendan Harkin recently that went up on his channel, talking about the Violation album, which is also a great Stars album. Yeah. Um, and that's a great talk. And then I went up and bought some records from him last week, and we talked stars for a while. And he's the biggest stars fan. He sold, I know. He sold me an album of theirs, and uh, yeah, I picked up Violation and the first one. And then the time I was there before, he gave me a CD from uh, Coliseum Rock that uh, came out in '78 on Capitol Records, produced by Jack Richardson. So uh, this album marked a change in the band. Brennan Hark and, and Pete Sweevil were out, and Bobby Masano and Orville Davis were in. So it was a pretty big lineup shakeup. This album is loaded with amazing songs, including this one that I think should have been a single. This is a song called Outfit. The way you
some good poppy radio material. So seventies cheesy, awesome. It's great. I mean, that it's song's it is great. Loaded with hooks. I could totally picture that on like the soundtrack to Dazed and Confused. Oh, absolutely. It would fit right in there with all that stuff perfectly. Yeah, that band really deserved a lot more credit than they got. Yeah, they still do. I mean, and they're I think still doing it. They're too. probably maybe better known or more revered oh, nowadays yeah. than ever. But a lot still. of bands from the the '80s hair bands were big fans of Stars. So yeah, they've given them a lot of uh, props over the years. It's good stuff, man. I'm glad. If it wasn't for the Decibel Geek podcast, I probably wouldn't know shit about Stars. I've learned more doing this show than anything else it's very cool see it works for us as well yeah all right i got a pick for you here i know this is a band i've talked about before and an album i've talked about before because it's one of my all-time favorites and i think any song off it should have been released as a single something somewhere somebody should have been playing this album but it came out in 1993 the album's called to mock a killing bird and the band is called pariah now, this was a band from Austin, Texas. I'm certain I've played something off this album before on the show. It's been a while. The album title strikes a chord, so I, uh, most likely. Maybe it's the guy in the pig mask, because he looks like uh, from Generation Swine. It's the same mask. <laughs> if you guys ever seen the But this, this came album, out before Generation Swine, so Motley yes, Crue ripped them off. Yes, they sure did. But anyway, this is a band. They're, it's, it's definitely hard rock, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's got like moments of grunge in it some Alice in Chains kind of sound to it. Mm-hmm. And then like the next song will sound like Pantera. And then the next song will sound like Britney Fox. You know, it's they got kind of schizophrenic. Type it's, it's schizophrenic, but it's all tied together. You know, mm-hmm. the songs it's man, it's, it's hard to explain. Let's just hear it. Okay. Here's a song that I think in 1993, it's a little bit lighter. It's one of the lighter songs on the album, but I think it would have been a huge hit single if somebody would have played it. Could have gave them a video or something with it. I mean, they were on Geffen. Somebody, mm-hmm. somebody wasn't doing their job with this one. So check it out for yourself. This is Pariah with Letter to Myself.
It's pretty good stuff. I mean, the band is so the mu- the musicianship of it, the guitar playing. I mean, the solo in that song is so fluid and fits mm-hmm. perfectly, and the the vocalist is a great singer. I implore you, people, get out there, go to Amazon through our link at decibelgeek.com. You probably get it on Amazon for like ninety nine cents. I think oh, that's yeah. I think that's what I paid for it. And man, so any worth, idea, what worth happened? That to and the, so much more. What happened to these guys? The uh, they never made it. Yeah. You know, everything the music scene changed. They kind of got lost in the shuffle of it all. Um, I think they broke up. I know the bass player killed himself. No shit. Yeah, that was the story about he was involved with that Renee Zellweger. At one time, oh, remember yeah, that? Story? Yeah, we definitely played something. Yeah, from that's now, what we're talking okay, about. Now so I told the whole story then. So yeah, that was a crazy story. If you want to hear all that again, you'll have to go back was in the that archives. Cut out, man? No, I don't think so. But I do remember. Yeah, no, it was a Radio Sucks show. I yeah. remember playing it. Yep. Yeah, Pariah. Cra- crazy story. Do yourselves a favor. The best ninety-nine cents you will ever spend. Oh man. Well, we got but one more. Do it through our link so we can get nine, nine cents of it. Yeah, it'll help. So we got one more to go. This was the perfect opportunity. If I'm going to play Stars, i got to play Angel with it. It's almost like they're kind of like sister acts as far as, you know, their reputations go. Talented bands from the 70s that for some reason it just didn't blow up like people hoped it would, but also yeah. have a massive cult following now. You know, Stars has it and Angel certainly has it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Punky Meadows actually getting ready to release a solo album. So oh, yeah? I'm excited to hear what that's going to be well, like. That's cool. And also, there's... Some music festival coming up soon, uh, somewhere out west. I can't remember in Vegas, I think. And the original members of Angel are gonna do a one night only show. Oh wow! Yeah. So that wow, I'm looking forward to the YouTube videos of that. That would be the night to be in Vegas. Absolutely. Oh man, that's once in a lifetime yeah. right there. That's great. But they uh, in '79 they released Sinful, which also was called Bad Publicity. I think was the name of was the original title of the album. And then I think they decided that's probably bad for publicity, so they changed it to Sinful. Um, came out on Casablanca Records. They were kind of like the good guys, and Kiss was the bad guys. Right, sort of yeah, the, yeah. the inside joke. Uh, this album was more poppy and less proggy than their previous albums. Uh, it only went to 159 on the charts, but who knows? This tune may have made a huge difference. It's called Just Can't Take It, and guys, hopefully you will hear something soon. In the meantime, on this guest. Yeah, in the meantime, you know, just keep watching Facebook, keep checking Twitter, keep going to YouTube, go check out Instagram, buy yourself a t shirt, and all that good stuff. And stay tuned for updates. Here's Angel, and we'll see you in the next few days or next week.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 